Hello, Louisville. Welcome to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society, brought to you by Forward Radio 106.5. I'm your host, Kate Sale, certified professional dog trainer, here ready to answer your questions and shine some light on why our pets do what they do and what you can do to help your pet be their very best selves. We also want to make sure that you're up to speed with everything happening with the Kentucky Humane Society and the pet community here in Louisville. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to reach out and send your questions to the Kentucky Humane Society's Facebook page. You can also send an email to behavior at kyhumane.org. Today I'm going to be talking to Andrea Blair. She's our PR and Marketing Director, and we wanted to take some time to talk about some of the trends that we're seeing in shelter world. Coming into this year, obviously we had some projections that uh, kind of got thrown out the window as of March, and this whole year has been completely unprecedented for pretty much everything, but we really haven't known what to expect in shelter world. I think in a lot of ways, we may have anticipated adoptions being down, intake being up, and that really hasn't been the case. Andrea, if you want to tell us a little bit more about what we expected and what's come out of this year in terms of shelter world. Sure. Well, uh, 2020 was definitely a challenging year for everyone, as, as we know. Back in March of last year, uh, we, of course, had to shut down our, our facility for about almost two months. So that means we stopped all animal intakes except for emergencies. So if an animal had medical issue or, or truly like it was a life um, saving issue. We brought them in. But besides that, we really did have to shut down because at that point, you know, if we thinking back in the way back machine, we just did not know what was going to be happening with the pandemic or how serious it would be. So we did shut down for about two months. When we reopened for adoptions and also intakes, that was in mid-May. And what we saw right away was there were far fewer animals being surrendered over the summer. And that's a trend, especially with dogs that we saw throughout 2020. Uh, and that's really an interesting trend and something that we kind of celebrated animal welfare. Uh, we kind of like to say that we would love to be, um, to work ourselves out of business. We would love to have no more homeless pets ever, ever again. And so we really do celebrate when there are fewer animals in shelters because that means they're in homes. But What's been interesting about the pandemic is we are seeing that with more people working from home, spending more time at home in isolation as well with their animals, suddenly people are seeing fewer behavioral challenges, which, which means less animals are surrendered. One of the top reasons we see that dogs are surrendered is because people don't have time for them. Uh, another, option, another thing might be families are moving or they're blended families, so but a lot of it really comes down to uh, lack of time. Um, this year, though, we're seeing this past year, we're seeing people have a lot more time for their animals. So, because of that, our dog intakes in 2020 were actually down over 30 percent compared to the year before, which is pretty dramatic. That's incredible. I know, right? And then, of course, at the same time, we saw a tremendous increase in the number of people who wanted to adopt. So during the pandemic, with so many people spending more time at home, a lot of folks realized this was also a really great time to add a furry family member because they have time for training and they've got time to spend with their animals. So it's been a really interesting dynamic, not only with dogs, but also with cats. 
especially when it, it comes to dogs, we saw in 2020 that, that there were more people wanting to adopt that we, than we had available animals. So for every one animal that was available, we often had multiple applications. And I know that could be frustrating for people who really do want to do the right thing. They want to adopt. So we always encourage people to check out all the local shelters. A great way to find a pet is to create a profile on Adopt-A-Pet and PetFinder.com. These are both online resources where you can create a profile of the type of animal that you are interested in. And uh, you'll then get an email notification anytime an animal who fits that profile becomes available in any shelter in your area. And you can even set like mile radiuses of how far you're willing to drive to find that animal. And then another thing is we just encourage people, even in 2021, we're still seeing a little bit fewer, fewer dogs than we have people wanting to adopt. So just have a little bit of patience. We promise we'll find a great furry friend for you. It just may take a little longer, especially when it comes to dogs. From what we understand, just looking at the trends with KHS, but also national trends, this seems to be very consistent. I know that there are some shelters, even high volume shelters that have actually become almost empty, which obviously is very exciting. And that gives us you know, a lot of opportunity in terms of behavior to have a lot of dogs to work with. And what we found in the behavior department is we have families that are more motivated than ever to provide good homes, more families that are interested in training and behavior. And I think much to our surprise, as far as behavior people go, we've actually been regarded in a lot of ways as being essential in terms of helping keep pets in homes. And there are some things that we are seeing consistently, issues that generally I think wouldn't necessarily be considered priorities that people are really wanting to work on and invest in. And from our perspective as trainers, we're so excited about that because they want to address those things sooner rather than later. They're not putting off behavior challenges the way that they used to. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So what are the, some of the top um, behavior calls you're getting requests for, for help with training? We are getting more calls for just basic manners and obedience than at least I can recall. Uh, I've been in this position with the Humane Society doing behavior scheduling, talking to people about behavior challenges they want to address and getting them set up with the right training services uh, for about four years now. And we previously to this year, we've been getting a lot of calls about some of the behavior challenges that people find a little more concerning, inter-household aggression issues, uh, stranger danger, reactivity, so wanting to bark at other people and other dogs when they're out for a walk. And we're absolutely still seeing these things. Mm -hmm. but we're getting so much more call for things like basics, like puppy mm -hmm. start, people with brand new puppies that really want to get started on the right foot. And that's exciting to us because there are some unprecedented challenges that mm -hmm. come with proper socialization this year. For sure. I mean, as people, we're barely socializing. So I'm sure it's difficult for dogs, especially puppies who are brand new to this world. Absolutely. And the good news is there's a lot that we can do even under the current circumstances to help our puppies get some great socialization. 
but just a couple notes on that just because you can't interact with people the same way that doesn't mean that you can't socialize when we talk about puppy socialization it's not just meeting other people and other dogs it is new sounds new sights new smells walking on different textures being in new environments so it's not just about social interaction Mm -hmm. But it's also really how to process new experiences in the world. And there's so much that we can do with that right now. So looking at that moving forward, we do have a couple of things that we want to stay ahead of with all of the adoptions that we're seeing. And socialization is definitely one of them. The other one is separation anxiety or separation mm -hmm. distress because there are so many pets that are in brand new homes absolutely uh, which is absolutely wonderful and then mm -hmm. we're home so much that they are with us 24 7 and we are slowly starting to transition back out of the home and into the workplace a little more and we have these wonderful new pets that have never been left home alone or almost never and so that's a huge transition for them and something that can be very challenging. So we are also encouraging people to be ahead of that and be practicing separation, really from the time that they bring those pets home. And that's always something that we recommend under any circumstances, but it is so much more important this year because it's so unusual. So record number of pets in new homes that are having a similar experience where they've never been left home alone. And any sort of routine change is huge for a dog. Obviously, it's hard for us as humans, but it's even more difficult for our dogs that can't logically put together why this is happening and how to adjust to that. It's just night and day change where everything has just gotten turned on its head often right as they're starting to get comfortable and settled in this new home we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to provide behavior support and we're doing everything we can with the humane society thanks to some fantastic donors who've provided some grant funding to make sure that those resources are available even to people that might be in a position where training may seem financially inaccessible. We have a lot of resources available through the Humane Society in general, and we're very fortunate to have some of those uh, be able to be dedicated to behavior training on a, on a limited basis. That's great. I think a lot of people, when they think about the Kentucky Humane Society or really any shelter, they always think about homeless animals and of owner surrenders and strays, but what they don't realize a lot of times is that there are so many resources the Kentucky Humane Society and other local shelters have. And the whole point is to help keep pets in their homes. This is a trend we've seen really for like the last 10 years in animal welfare, where there's been more of an emphasis on keeping animals in their homes. So if a local shelter or humane society is able to reduce intakes by making sure that families can remain together where that dog or cat is loved and is seen as a member of the family, that's going to be a better solution for that animal and for that family than um, shelter surrender. Um, shelter surrenders can be very stressful for animals. 
They often are very confused. They miss their family and they, and of course they don't know what's going on. So uh, we do encourage folks, if you are looking at having to surrender your animal, whether it's because of a behavior issue you don't know how to handle, or maybe you've had a change in your lifestyle, you may have had to combine households during the pandemic. So uh, a lot of people are doubling up uh, families and that can cause stress between animals. We really encourage you to reach out to the Kentucky Humane Society. We've actually got a free pet helpline. It's 502-509-4738. That's our pet helpline. Again, 502-509-4738. You can also find information on our website, kyhumane.org. And we would be happy to chat with you to see if there's anything we can do to help you keep your animal in your home where your animal is happiest and healthiest. It does sound like in shelter world, there has been a huge trend towards being proactive rather than reactive when there's already an issue and a family's already decided they want to surrender. And I know we have a lot of families that do call that free pet helpline. And what I love about that is it actually is part of our intake, our admissions department. So if people are having those kind of struggles and they are in a position where they feel like they need to consider surrender and they don't have any other options, often people call and find out that there are things that we can do. And I think that's a really neat and very thoughtful way to try and help families and be able to make sure that they know these resources are available and they're not alone. And I think that's a huge part of trying to keep animals in homes. Obviously, that serves the the shelter world well. The fewer animals we have in the system, the more animals we're able to help. That is the ultimate goal is make sure animals have safe, happy, healthy homes. Absolutely. You're here with Sit, Stay, Listen, featuring original music by John 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 Slater. We'll be back after a short break. are listening to Forward Radio 106.5, your community-supported all-volunteer radio station here in Louisville, Kentucky. Please visit our website, forwardradio.org, and get involved by getting behind these microphones or donating. We'd be happy to have your support. Welcome back to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society. I'm your host, Kate Sayall, and today I'm talking to Andrea Blair, our spokesperson for the Humane Society, who's bringing us up to speed with what's going on with KHS, the programs and resources we currently have available, and how the pandemic has impacted both our shelter and shelters nationwide. I know that we've seen the demand for adoptions increase, Mm -hmm. to the point where it's actually been difficult to have enough animals in the shelter system. And it's probably been difficult. I know that the Humane Society has a lot of transfers that come in Mm -hmm. from other shelters that are in areas where there are just fewer people to adopt uh, than that we would have in an urban area. So have we seen a decrease in, in available animals in terms of our transfer opportunities? 
Yes, we have. So the Kentucky Humane Society is the largest intake shelter or destination shelter in Kentucky. So that means we take in animals from about 35 to 40 different counties. So throughout Kentucky, Kentucky has 120 counties. We've got a lot of them. And so we're, we have about a third of the counties. So when these counties get overcrowded, uh, their municipal shelters or smaller rescues, if they take in too many animals and they can't find outlets for them, they will often call us and ask us to transfer in animals. So uh, typically about 60% of all of our animals come from other shelters in Kentucky that are overcrowded. And again, that really does come down to the fact that a lot of times in our rural areas of Kentucky, there are fewer people who are, uh, who are looking to adopt. There's just smaller populations, but also there's often a, a big challenge as far as finding affordable spaying and neutering. We're lucky here in Louisville that we've got the SNP clinic run by the Kentucky Humane Society. There are a few other high volume, low cost clinics throughout the state, but there are many places of our state that are really veterinary deserts. So you just do not see affordable spay neuter. And that's a huge challenge for people, especially folks in our more rural communities. Often our Kentuckians are, are really uh, suffering from poverty and that's only been worsened in a lot of places because of the pandemic. We've also seen, too, talking about spaying and neutering, we've seen the veterinarians have had to decrease the number of spaying and neutering they can offer because of social distancing requirements. Uh, we do think that's going to have a, a big impact in 2021 as we go forward. We do think we will see more shelter surrenders, unfortunately. Uh, and we definitely have already seen that with cats. So far, we've seen about a 8% increase in cats that have been surrendered to the Kentucky Humane Society. So even though we're seeing fewer dogs, we're definitely seeing more cats. The good news is cat adoptions are also really up and cats are very, very popular pets for a lots, lots of different people, especially um, younger folks. They're great first pets, people, apartment dwellers, and also seniors who may wanna have more flexibility in traveling once the pandemic allows for that. We are definitely seeing an increase in, in, in kittens being born, and we think that we'll see more puppies as well in 2021, just because of um, few, fewer spay-neuter opportunities. Do we expect or project being able to increase those spay-neuter opportunities as things move forward? Yes, uh, eventually. So right now we are still um, following, you know, federal and, and state guidelines as far as trying to keep our lobby to a minimum, can only allow so many people in the lobby at once at the SNP clinic. But as um, things get back to more normal, we absolutely will be ramping up our spay-neuter activities at the SNP clinic. So for folks who are looking to spay-neuter, we do encourage you reach out to the Kentucky Humane Society's SNP clinic early. You may be put on a waiting list. It may take a month or two to get in. Uh, another option is to call your local veterinarian too. Lots of vets also prov provide spay-neuter surgeries, so you might uh, want to get on their list as well. But we, we do encourage you, please be patient. Uh, our vets definitely want to get to you. It just may take a little bit longer right now until things get more evened out. And you can always check in on our website, which is kyhumane.org, and there are always going to be updates for how to make your appointment with the SNP clinic, and what's going on there, as well as our adoptable pets. So make sure that you check in on the website. We know that everything this year seems to be constantly changing and changing quickly. So definitely check in on the website that is going to have the most 
current information for what's going on in all of our departments. And you know, coming back to behavior, because that is something that we really want to make sure that we are thinking about that's going to be huge in terms of retention. We have had to make a lot of adjustments this year in how we're doing our training programs. And that is something that we get a lot of questions about. And initially, when everything first hit, we had to move all of our training programs to virtual platforms. So we stopped doing in-person classes, obviously, uh, in terms of group classes, those sorts of things just weren't options. But we did build a virtual Manners for Life class. That's our basic manners and obedience class. And we just launched a virtual Positively Puppies class as well. We know around the holidays, we often see Christmas puppies going home. So we want to make sure that we have those resources available. And we have made sure that with that Positively Puppies class, there is some COVID-specific material in there to help make sure that you're able to adjust based on how strange this last year has been and some of the more specialized and more specific things that we need uh, to make sure that we're taking a look at. And what's really neat, uh, and this is something that we have been able to grant fund in the last year, is that a lot of our dogs going home, a lot of our adoptable dogs, thanks to some grant funding, have been approved for a free virtual Manners for Life class or at least a $25 discount on that virtual Manners for Life class. So we're doing what we can with our adoptable dogs to make sure that one way or another we have training services available. I want to make sure that we're not leaving our cats out of, of our <laughs> conversation here. We are seeing, as people are home with their cats a lot more, so I know we talked about with our dogs, being home with their people all the time is wonderful, and then leaving the home can be more challenging. Now, a lot of our cats might have some challenges with their people being home so often. <laughs> that is so cat. <laughs> I have three dogs in my home, but I also have two cats, and it has been interesting to see how this has impacted them with just having more activity in the house, which I think has created a little less downtime for yeah. our cats. So one of the things that we have started doing this year is our Catterdays segment, which is just a short training video that's available on our Facebook page. It gets posted every Saturday at 11 a.m., that's a segment that I started doing back in, I want to say, April, and we've done over 30 segments at this point, and we're looking at basic behaviors, looking at enrichment, things that you can do with your cat to keep them interested and engaged. Mm -hmm. We are looking at basic tricks you can teach your cat, like a high five, and a lot of the foundation skills you can use for basic cat behavior around Thanksgiving. We talked about a couple things that you want to keep in mind to keep your cats safe and healthy around Thanksgiving. So we are working to make sure that we're not just providing behavior support for our dogs because this is impacting our cats as well. 
we sure. are excited uh, that we've added cat training options. So we do have a behavior trainer that also does feline behavior. And so we're making sure that there are resources for our cat owners as well. We are doing virtual private training for our cats that might be having some behavior challenges that have either come out of this year or we're just noticing this year because we're home with our cats a lot more. But in the so, same way, that gives us more opportunity to work with them because we are around. What are really common cat behavior challenges that you all see when people call the behavior line? We see things like litter box challenges. We see some destructive behavior like scratching our claws uh, on furniture. And What's really neat about that and what people don't realize is cats are very trainable and we are never going to recommend or encourage declawing and we want to make sure that we know that there are ways that we can adjust this behavior so that that doesn't even have to be a consideration. So you can absolutely protect your furniture. And it's usually a behavior that we see when our cats don't have other options for sharpening claws. So we want to make sure that we're talking about ways to prevent or address these behaviors that are going to be safe and humane and actually provide more enrichment for our cats so they don't feel the need to do some redecorating on our furniture. <laughs> and what I've noticed, I'm a, I work with canine behavior primarily, so there is a lot of crossover between dog training and cat training. However, they are absolutely a different species, so working with them is a little different. But my cats have had more input and more enrichment this year than I think they ever have. <laughs> Lucky kitties. <laughs> <laughs> Which they've really enjoyed. And what I've noticed about that too is it's been phenomenal for my relationship with my cats. Mm. So despite some of the challenges, I think my cats have really benefited from this year and all of the things that we've been able to do with them as a result of that. And coming back to our dog behavior programs, we absolutely have virtual options, but I want to make sure that it's out there as well that we are doing in-person dog training with our private training services. Now, those services at this time are outdoors only. They're subject to all healthy at work guidelines, so six feet distance maintained. Masks have to be worn. But uh, initially we were doing virtually only and then we were able to transition to being able to do in-person training as well so that it doesn't all have to be virtual. And not all behaviors are appropriate for a virtual lesson. Now that being said, the other side of that is we've learned that there are behaviors that are actually better to work with virtually, at least initially. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's probably going to continue. So as difficult as it's been, this has actually allowed us to expand a lot of what we're doing with behavior. It's been really extraordinary to see how flexible people have become and how creative we've all gotten to, to do things differently. And some of this will be um, carried over, you know, in the post-COVID world too. So a lot of these, like you said, these virtual options can be very helpful, uh, not only for us, but also for animals. So that's just, it's just wonderful to see how flexible and creative everybody's been during this crazy time. 
Well, Andrea, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today about what's going on with the Humane Society and some of the incredible trends that we are seeing in adoption and animal welfare world. Thank you as well for being our very first guest on Sit, Stay, Listen. We are coming to you from WFMP on 106.5 Forward Radio, radio for the people, by the people. We look forward to many more episodes moving forward. And thanks again, Andrea. Thanks so much, Kate. And remember that we do want to hear from you. So be sure to send those questions to us. You can send those to the Kentucky Humane Society's Facebook page, or you can send us an email to behavior at kyhumane.org. Ask us about potty training, if your dog likes to snatch things off the counter, if you have questions about your cat who wants to sharpen their claws on your furniture, we are here to help you. So send those questions. We would love to give you some answers. Tune back in for our next show. We're gonna be talking a little bit about teaching your dog how to be left home alone, something that has been a little bit challenging during this pandemic. And we will also be starting to answer your questions. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sit, Stay, Listen, brought to you by Forward Radio, WFMP on 106.5. Visit our website, forwardradio.org for more wonderful programs. And we look forward to seeing you for our next episode.